Hello, you are listening to a very special mini-series of the Sustainable-ish podcast with me, Jen Gale, counting down to and celebrating the launch of the Sustainable-ish Living Guide, my book that is everything you need to know to make small changes that make a big difference. Join me for 12 days, diving into a chapter each day and chatting to someone marvellous, doing good stuff relevant to the topic of that chapter to infuse and inspire you to take action and obviously to get your mitts on a copy of my book. (laughs) One of my favourite comments I've had so far from someone who was sent an advanced copy is that it's the most eco-common sense thing I've read, which I absolutely love because I feel like we all need a bit of eco-common sense as we enter a new year and a new decade where we'll all need to be making changes. So we need to figure out how to make those changes work for us. The book is published by Bloomsbury and it is out on January the 9th. So if you're listening before that, you can pre-order it from all the usual places online Or if you're listening after that point, you can, of course, order it online or it should be available in all good bookshops. Or obviously, the sustainable-ish option would be to ask your library to order it in for you. Wow, day four already of the 12 days of sustainable-ish, which means we're on to chapter four of the book, Food. Now, I wasn't really sure where to go with this episode, When it comes to sustainable food, there are so many different areas to explore. I'm really passionate about food waste, which is a massive contributor to the climate crisis and something we can all take steps to reduce. But I feel a bit like I've covered food waste quite a bit already on the podcast. You can have a look for interviews with Olio and Kozo, which are both brilliant apps that help us all to reduce the amount of edible food that's hitting the bin. So I was really pleased when I stumbled across Annabelle's website, The Flexitarian, because it seems like the flexitarian approach, eating more plant-based foods but not excluding meat and dairy, fits in really nicely with the whole ish bit of sustainable-ish. So settle in and listen to Annabelle's story of how she's slowly making the switch from the traditionally meat-heavy diet of her native France to a much healthier diet for both her family and the planet enjoy. Hi Annabelle, welcome to this special mini-series of Sustainable-ish. Hi Jen, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to diving into the topic of food with you and especially your sort of flexitarian approach. So can you start off by introducing yourself to us all? Yes, well, um, so I'm a mom and I'm a blogger also and an eco-retailer. So um, the environment has always been on my mind. Um, I'm French, but I've been living in the UK for 20 years now, and uh, most of my life I've been a committed carnivore. Uh, um, You know, being French, you obviously raise on a meat-heavy diet, you know, eating meat twice a day, seven days a week. Um, But around six years ago, um, my husband convinced me that for the sake of the planet, we we needed to change our meat-heavy diet and move towards Originally, he wanted us to be vegetarian, uh, but I found that quite daunting. I just didn't know how to go about it. Um, at the time, for me, you know, vegetarian food was just 
cheese, lasagna, <laughs> things like that. Nothing really appealing. Uh, but, you know, I looked into it and then discovered the, the flexitarian approach where you could reduce your meat consumption. Um, and, um, you know, without giving it up. And I thought, you know, that was much more approachable for me and much less daunting, really. So Yeah, definitely. And that's really interesting because it completely completely stereotyping here but I, I would imagine it's in relationships it's more often the other way around that it's the the woman kind of saying to the man let's see if we can reduce the meat a little bit and yes. that's what I hear a lot in my groups and things like that it's going oh you know I'm trying to persuade the husband to um to give up meat and things so quite interesting that yours came from the other way around yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is there an official definition of a flexitarian or flexitarianism um, well, I mean, it's a combination of two words, which is flex flexible and vegetarian. Mm -hmm. okay? And basically there is, because I think it is in the, in the dictionary, oh, wow. but, you know, um, one who normally um, eats a meatless diet and occasionally meat or fish. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the base of it. Um, and... Uh, for me, you know, I, I like to add that it's just not about eating less meat, but it's also about eating better meat. Mm -hmm. And I also like to include fish and dairy because from an environmental point of view, you know, animal product, you know, consumption has a huge impact. So I think, you know, it's much more sustainable in the long term that we look at the meat, the fish and the dairy we eat and we try to, you know, eat less mm -hmm. of it and better quality even when we do yeah and I think that's that's the bit about it I really like actually I think is the you know I talk a lot about sustainable ish and and how the you know there's very rarely a black or white and I think for a lot of people um you know veganism and and having to I know there's no one going to come and knock on your door and kind of arrest you if you if you say you're vegan and you you know you have a bit of meat every now and then or whatever but that that kind of feeling like you absolutely can't do it this gives you that flexibility as the name implies and, and allows you to um to to kind of find your own way I guess doesn't it and to, yeah. and that's really important as you said about it's not just eating less meat it's about eating better quality meat and and if you're eating less then hopefully you can afford to pay for that better quality and then you know so so what is it about um the quality of the meat that we're eating that you think it's important um, well, I, um, I was raised in the countryside and, um, you know, I, we had any farm animal around us that ran around and it was uh, until I was an adult, I thought this is the way all meat was raised. Mm -hmm. but unfortunately, it isn't because a lot of the meat that we eat today, either that we buy in shop or we eat in restaurant, come from intensive farming. Um, the problem is that we've got, you know, a population that's growing, um, cons meat consumption globally, which are going up, and there is a big, you know, rush to be producing more, faster, mm -hmm. uh, and cheaper. Uh, so you've got animals being raised in intensive farm in appalling conditions, you know, stacked up on top of each other's. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, boosted with antibiotics to help them grow faster and also to help um, treat some disease that happened because they're just, you know, there's just too many of them in one mm -hmm. place. Right? Um, and I think, you know, from there's obviously the ethical view here, you know, is, is this right? I mean, you know, 
Should we just, you know, use animals like that in order to feed ourselves? Uh, which, you know, I've I've never thought about until I became a flexitarian, but then I started having more and more problems with that mm -hmm. notion of, uh, you know, of um, intensive farming. Um, and also, I mean, the intensive farming has also quite a bad um, effect on the environment because we, we use a lot of the space that we could use to grow food to feed ourselves, to actually grow food to, to feed animals, mm -hmm. which is not um, you know, the most efficient. Um, and then we cut trees to make more space for cattle farm in the, you know, in the Amazon. We mm -hmm. display wildlife, habitats for wildlife. And um, also, you know, water, you know, using a lot of water. And then, you know, going back to incensing farms, they create a lot of waste which and pollutes the, yeah. the environment. So overall, you know, it seems not the best thing to do long term and trying to go back more to a conventional way of raising animals with animal grazing in fields, smaller numbers, mm -hmm. at that you know, which is a complete, you know, in complete harmony with biodiversity and the environment and the soil. Mm. Um, but obviously, we're not going to be able to feed everyone on that. And, you know, the idea of eating less meat. Yeah. In order to be able to feed everyone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So if people are thinking about, okay, so I want to reduce the amount of eat, reduce the amount of meat that we're eating. Um, mm. And, and as you say, start to think a little bit more about the, the meat that they are eating and the kind of quality that it is and where it's come from. What are the kinds of things, what sort of labels or what sort of words should we be looking out for? Well, in, I mean, in the UK, I mean, organic, which is sort of association certified, mm -hmm. um, is quite, you know, a good one to go by. Um, and then you also have pasture fed, which you can see here and mm -hmm. there. Um, I mean, at the very least, free range. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and those are easily not recognizable. I personally avoid red tractor altogether because right. it's just more welfare condition are not good. Um, and, you know, to just avoid buying cheap meat, to know where your meat comes from. So I know mm -hmm. it's not, you know, it's, it's not available to everyone, but if you can buy from a local and reputable source, mm. you know, if you have a local farmer where you can actually see the animal, it's a yeah. good start. Um, you know, and I think just, lo local butchers are also a great resource, aren't they? Because they will often know the farms that they're sourcing their yes. meat from. And also that in terms of that um sort of making your money go further, you know, I've quite often been in and said, oh, the recipe says I need this. And they've gone, well, actually... Instead, you can get this cut and it's much cheaper and just cook, cook it like this. Um, yeah. So they're, you know, a real wealth of knowledge and wisdom about how to make the most out of the meat that you are buying as well. No, no, absolutely. And also, you know, if people have gone into the habit of just buying the breast of the chicken. Yes, the yeah. The chicken, it's like a whole, you know, lot going with it. So, you know, just, you know, knowing your, you know, asking, you know, butchers, you know, which cuts is better, you know, and as you said, they're also cheaper, you know, and uh, just, you know, making the meat go further, really. Definitely. So what do you think are the advantages of, of 
being flexitarian rather than being sort of vegan or vegetarian you said at the beginning that it felt much less daunting for you as a as a kind of an approach have you found that when you're talking to other people as well yes I think I mean um following a strict vegetarian and vegan diet is definitely not for everyone Mm -hmm. and it's not you know I'm not there to criticize I mean I um I have a lot of respect for vegetarian and vegan you know and in the end, we're all working towards reducing our yeah. product consumption, so we should all support each other. Really. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, I think, you know, for a lot of people, they find it daunting and they just, and then it just makes that they're not actually, they just carry on as normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, you know, if you, if you think that many of us have three meals a day, seven days a week, you get like 21 opportunities to make a difference. Mm. It doesn't mean you need to have 21 vegan meals. Yeah. Um, And, you know, if you can start with just maybe, you know, one meat-free day a week, you know, build up from there if you want. If you don't want, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, making sure that you, you know, you understand the implication of what you eat and you, Mm -hmm. you eat more consciously. Um, yeah. To say that vegan food is, you know, better than you know non-vegan food. Sometimes, you know, it's not that black and white. On you know, on soya and other things like that, which you find out in vegan food. So you're just trying to understand, educate yourself. Yeah. Education and making, you know, a decision that's right for you. Definitely, and I think, you know, there's so many different ways that that people can do this. There's a, a big movement around meat-free Monday, which I talk about in the book. And, and, and that's, I think a brilliant starting place for, for someone who's just thinking, as you say, you've got seven days a week and can we do one, one day a week where we're not eating any meat or can we do two days a week if we're already doing one day? Or I know some people do a kind of almost a five, two approach. So they'll have meat at the weekends and then try and eat more plant-based during the week. Yeah. And it's just uh-huh. about working out what works for you and for your family and as you say trying to make it as easy as possible if you're to say to your family right from tomorrow we're going to be vegan it's going to be really hard and you're probably going to meet a lot of opposition and things but you can probably get buy-in for saying you know we're going to have one meat-free day a week what do you guys reckon and they'll probably be like oh okay yeah that sounds sounds doable and then if you want to you can move on from there but I think it's about um actually making a change that you know so in order to do that try and make it a doable change isn't it oh no absolutely and what I've done with I mean I've got two kids and I think you know I try to educate them at the end of the day I don't think you know it's right for me to impose mm-hmm. on them so they should you know make their own decision and you know they aren't trying to explain where the meat you know where the meat the fish dairy comes from um, but we've basically moved into having more of a veg to diet. There's still meat, mm-hmm. there's still fish, and there's still dairy, but it's more, you know, offered as a side dish rather yeah. than the main, yes. uh, the main thing. Uh, so they don't, because, you know, they've obviously, they like, they like their sausages. <laughs> it's, there's are things, you know, which, you know, they, they just don't want to give up. And, you know, that's fine. But, you know, we try also to include veggie sausages uh-huh. like you know make a balance um and just you know just trying to i think at the end of the day it's probably also a healthier diet to have yes the more the more fruit and veg you have in your diet you know the better it is really yeah you need 
bit of you know animal protein in there you know but the more the bulk of it should be vegetable or plants really yeah yeah and have you got any tips for you know getting bringing the kids along with you and any particularly favorite meals they've got that have gone down well that haven't had meat in and things well i think there you know anything like curry or chili it's quite easy to make mm. uh, hearty um you know meat-free option really um, yeah you know you dress it up dress it up a bit and they're quite keen on that for you know things like sausage and burger i try to limit the amount of processed food they have so we'll yeah. have once in a while a veggie burger or a veggie sausage but um i try to kind of limit that and then we will go more for the organic version sure yeah um and no and for the rest you know i guess we ch- like the children's trial and error isn't it yeah because one way they like they like something and then <laughs> never again so, so annoying <laughs> um so, you know, the best you can do is try really yes yeah and what do you what's your approach to dairy because obviously you you said about the impact that sort of dairy and milk and cheese and things yep. have as well um and there are so many different plant milks and things out there to try do you still have um sort of traditional cow's milk or have you gone with a plant-based milk or do you mix and match uh yeah personally i mix and match i try to limit my consumption of cheese which uh-huh. is more feet for a french yeah. person you know <laughs> very hard yeah um and um yeah we buy you know mostly organic milk and cream if you use uh i like i like uh, you know i like uh, non-dairy in my cereal uh-huh. or, but for my coffee and tea i have to say i'm still very much you know and yeah as milk type of person but it's it's organic so yeah um, and i try i definitely you know eat probably like half what i used to do before really um so you know it's obviously not ideal but um that's the approach that works for me really so yeah and again i think there's so many things to take into account aren't there because obviously with soya milk there's a big issue with you know soy production as we said mm-hmm. in the amazon and things like that so you know if you are looking for plant based milks then I think oat milk if if you can you know source one yes. where it's grown locally or I think um I can't remember I'll need to check but um Lindsay Harrod who's the editor of Vegetarian Living she did a piece in the book and she said that there's one of the plant-based milks the soy milks where it's all grown within the um within Europe the soy's all grown yes. within Europe and that sort of thing so it's it's just trying to think a little bit more holistically isn't it and as you say there's no kind of black and white and just sometimes it can feel like you can't do right for doing wrong but trying to trying to make the most informed decision you can um yeah. and to to kind of do something that um that fits in so you would definitely it sounds like really encourage that sort of flexitarian approach whether it's a, a stepping tone to something else or whether that's kind of where you where you stay and where you're happy with no no absolutely i think i mean for me you know i went i mean i rarely uh, eat meat these days you know uh, i still eat some fish um and my husband has dropped red meat but still eat poultry right yeah and the kids are like you know somewhere in between and i think overall we you know i think it's it needs to work for you because otherwise 
obviously, you know, the idea is a long-term sustainable change. Yeah. You know, to do it for a week or a month or a year, you know. So it's trying to make sure that's a, that's a habit that you're going to change for good. Yeah. Um, that's going to be different from one person to the other. Um, but, um, you know, it's something that needs to happen from a planet point of view anyway. Yeah. So uh, it's just... You know, we just need to get on with it. Really. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and you said that you'd cut down on cheese. Now, I mean, we get through masses of cheddar. And I yeah. think sometimes the temptation or the thing the thing that I will do is, you know, that I'll do like a veggie lasagna or something, but obviously it's quite cheese and dairy heavy. So, you know, you're sort of substituting, you're taking the meat out, but there's a lot of dairy yes. coming into that. Yeah. Have you got any tips for reducing cheese or any cheese um, alternatives that work well well the, well i like to use nuts and to just night oh, okay soak, yeah you you soak them let's say overnight and then you know you just um um then um, sorry grind them to a liquid and it's quite you know if you if you, if you do like a vegan sauce which has um some nutritional yeast to give a bit of that cheesy taste to it so i quite like that um and um otherwise just you know changing from a cheese sauce to a tomato sauce yeah kind of switch around to something which is more you know veg based Mm -hmm. or it's um you know and just maybe have a bit of cheese on top just yeah color and um you know taste but um try to kind of adapt yeah and again I think that's the key isn't it it's trying to to kind of reduce and and adapt and kind of swap in without kind of banning anything outright and just um yeah again with with cheese maybe you go for a stronger cheese and use less of it or all those kinds of things as well yes my biggest discovery was uh hummus pizza oh okay I was really not you know (laughs) Uh, I was really wondering, you know, how anyone could eat that. But then, actually, you know, hummus instead of cheese and have, like, a few veg and a bit of pesto, it's really nice, actually, and much more digestible also. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because actually we, um, you know, the kids invariably take a cheese roll or a cheese sandwich into school, so it's thinking oh. about those alternatives for lunchboxes, and I think hummus is a, is probably a really good one to... Yes, yeah, so I've switched my kids to actually hummus sandwiches from cheese sandwich, and I don't get any complaint anymore, so... Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> a good tip brilliant so um where can we find you online if we want to come and find a bit more flexitarian inspiration well uh you'll find me at www.theflexitarian.co.uk that's the main website and then you'll find me on twitter and facebook and pinterest and instagram (laughs) you need to be these days really yeah (laughs) and and you're the flexitarian uh, on all of those are you Sorry, yes, or the Flexitarian UK. I think if you go from the main website, yes. you can find the link easily. And I, all the recipe I do are either vegetarian or vegan, and then it's kind of inspiration on you know where to eat more plant-based and mm-hmm. how to, and also a section on why because you know obviously I mean I'm a firm believer that you know if you don't understand why you're doing something, then you're not going to do it for very long. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you so much for um for your time and I lo- I I think yeah, I just really love that 
flexitarian approach it, it fits so nicely with the sort of sustainable-ish approach and um, I think you know the more we can get that message across that it doesn't have to be one thing or the other and that you know as long as we're kind of making thoughtful yeah. decisions and moving in the right direction then it's, it's Thank you so much for tuning in and for joining me in counting down to and celebrating the launch of the Sustainable-ish Living Guide, available online and in all good bookshops from January the 9th, 2020. Catch you next time.